Meets World. Well, it's Bro Meets World. Your boy Meets World fan cast. This is episode 94, and I am Siege. I'm Tony Curtis. What's going on, y'all? Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to do something a little bit differently. I'm going to put our uh, like little promo up front. And thank you guys for listening to Brummie's World. We've been getting a lot of feedback um, for all those newcomers uh, on TikTok and all the other places. Thank you so much. Uh, we want to make sure to ask you guys to leave us a rating uh, and then also reach out to us and ask us questions. You know, like if you're asking questions in the rating, whatever you got. Definitely. We, we love to hear back from you. You guys have been very engaging. So just wanted to put that out there and say, if you guys have a question or if um, you, you have a prompt that you want us to debate, send it on over and TC and I will absolutely be here um, to give you your boy meets world or your bruh meets world needs. Yeah, especially because I like we've been going through this show for since like 2017. Someone started listening to our podcast the other day. They were like, I'm in 2017. It's so long ago. <laughs> we've been doing this a long time. Um, and I know there's probably if, you, if you're just starting to listen to our podcast now, there's probably episodes that you really love that we've already co- covered, but maybe you want to have discussions about our questions about social media is the perfect place to reach out uh, to us for those we can talk about things from previous seasons future seasons in a way that we can really get into without being confined to the episode format that we work on for the podcast so um yeah let's get into it y'all boy meets world i'm excited to see that there's a, a growing fan base for for the show that we love so much Absolutely. And then also, um, as as we have mentioned earlier, we start to get a little bit of color and we're starting to deal with a little bit more, uh, I'll say, adult issues. So I feel like we're going to we're going to have a lot of audience interaction uh, in those. I'm so excited for the discussions that are going to come from these adult issues, too, because I mean, from social media, we already started. Can I just quickly uh, talk about um, Angela for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we posted something on TikTok recently that was writer strong discussing um, what it was like working with in a sitcom during a time when there weren't a lot of interracial relationships and what the introduction of Angela meant for the show. And I'll play that clip for you guys here. So what was it like being, you know, part of one of the first interracial couples showing on a family uh, sitcom? <laughs> brought in a couple different actresses for me to read with, um, and uh, none of them were white. Um, so that was always a conscious choice on the writer's part because our show was so white. Um, <laughs> and Trina was amazing. And I think she was an incredibly important addition to the show. Um, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways it's like, oh, and you can look at it as like, oh, she was the token black character. But the result of that was, um, you know, our writers had to hire a black female writer um, because it was like they, you know, mostly older white Jewish guys who were like, how do we write for this this young, you know, girl? We ended up being one of the few shows that had a black writer, let alone a female black writer. Trina became an integral part of the show um, and obviously a big part of our fan base too. You know, I think that people, and there was always this question. We did have conversations. Do we address it? Do we talk about it? We went back and forth a lot, and, and, and actually, if you could dig it up, um, Trina wrote a um, an editorial for in the LA Times uh, 
uh, and she she was on the side of not talking about it um, and not addressing race um, because she felt like we were a model for a younger generation that might be hopefully more colorblind. And I, I you know, we, we had debates, and I still am, I'm a little uh, on the fence about it, but. It, the reality is people love you know, the character and they love the love story and that's what matters. I just really love that we're getting to this point where we actually have a person of color on the show that we can start having these conversations. There was a big debate online whether or not, you know, they, people felt it was a good thing that, you know, they didn't ever really address race on the show and other people who felt like very strongly that they should have addressed race. You know, I'm sure me and Siege are going to get into it more as we get closer into the Angela and Sean storyline. But um, these are just the kind of things I definitely want to have discussions about. So again, reach out to us on social media and we'll um, absolutely touch on that. All right. So thank you guys so much. Um, let's get into this week's episode. Uh, oh I know that you guys are very <laughs> eager uh, uh, to talk about. Season five has a lot of notable episodes. And um, was this I, a notable I, episode? Like, did you I, remember this episode at all? I didn't remember this episode, but I will say that there are scenes from this episode, let's say, that are very popular and online, and um, I look forward to talking about them. Just, here's, here's what I'll tell you. I remembered all of Sean's story, remembered nothing of Jack and Eric's storyline. So that should just tell you what my brain prioritized and what they, my brain <laughs> automatically thought was spam which I feel is Jack and Eric's storyline, but you know, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's get into it. With the, tell me about it. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> tell me about it. Jack and Eric start a friend. Sean's feeling high school is whack, but to get into college, you'll need to pick up some slack. Good for you. Good Not for my you. Best. Not for, my best. for you guys who don't know, he literally did <laughs> this on the fly. Like we started recording, and he was like, I don't have one. So I'm gonna say not not bad, all things considered. All right, yo. Jay-Z don't need to write rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is season uh season five, episode four, Fraternity Row. After attending a college class and engaging in a winning debate with a professor, an empowered Sean neglects high school tasks in favor of collegiate ones and gets suspended. Meanwhile, Eric forms his own fraternity, Magnum Pi, and arouses the Dean's suspicions. So. Leo, what are your overall opinions of this episode? Just, just, just off just the Just high level, high level. High I level. think that it's a very interesting conversation to have, especially that we are starting to discuss college and the importance of college and kind of like the college experience, but it's also a very weird time to talk about college and the college experience, considering we are recording this during a pandemic and college just isn't what it used to be. So I'm always interested to be like, yes. how, how many of these things like feel relevant now? And I'm talking like specifically right now. Um, there was so a, there was, there's a portion of the episode where Sean is talking about like, uh, I don't need to go in high school. I'm in college. And this whole idea that like he was able to obtain knowledge for free and learn something, but he doesn't, yeah. he wouldn't have a degree to prove that he learned it. Does not matter like that? Like there's like things that this episode gets into that are like little nuggets. And I'm like, Oh, I want to talk about every part of this. Also, Tony Todd, I need to talk about Tony Todd and everything that Tony Todd is and will be. What's just Tony Todd. I'm so confused. <gasps> 
Are you kidding me? College professor Tony Todd Candyman was Sean's oh. professor. Bro. I, okay, so sorry. I was sorry. In in the roll call, it's Julius Carey as Professor Michaels. So I'm so lost. Oh, is it Julius Carey? Am I wrong? Yeah. Is it yeah. not Tony Todd? No, <sighs> thank you. Oh, racist. I'm racist. I'm racist. racist. Yep. You know what, guys? It finally it gets me. Sometimes it gets me. I sincerely thought Tony, that was Tony Todd. Wow. No, if I'm, I'm, not I'm incredibly embarrassed. Wow, guys, you know what? I apologize. I'm sorry that I, whew, <laughs> I don't know. That's a close one, man. I'm looking at this dude right now and like his voice, his look, he still seems pretty Tony Toddish to me, but I'll, I'll take it back. Oh my god! Don't try to go ahead. I'm going to get yeah, a ton I, of hate. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm not mistaken, okay, cool. Later on, Professor Michaels plays Sergeant Moore, who is Angela's father. And well, that I was also what, thought was Tony Todd. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I thought you were. Like, like I was like, oh, are we going to talk about, like, I, I honestly didn't know. I was like, is this, is he playing the same character? Like, will later on he be like the college professor who runs ROTC or whatever? Like, I, I had no idea. Um, but it turns out, no, he just comes back and plays a, a different um, authority figure. Um, but good for him. Get those checks. Okay. Well, what, now that we're talking about him, separate from my mistaking his identity, um, what is his relationship to this show that he came back twice as two different characters? Because I, I always think it's really interesting how Boy Meets World just thinks no one's going to know this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that you know Topanga has all these different parents and Sean has these different siblings and now it just seems like we have this character who was introduced to us as a college professor but who later on for some reason isn't also introduced to us as a college professor they could have very easily just made that Angela's dad yeah I don't know I don't absolutely know. I I think so like I'm just gonna go off here and who knows like we're just spitballing here how I took it is he had chemistry with Ryder Strong like there was something about him and something about his presence where he does just scream authority figure that Sean would listen to you know what I mean yeah and yeah there, like even the way that he dealt with Sean in this episode it was like I understand you I I, I find you insightful but also you don't know the basics and I don't have time to teach you um you know I'm not I'm not Feeny I'm not here to hold your hand type situation I did love his character like his whole like I'm in college and you know I want to talk to you about really high level stuff and and just really communicating that to the audience that like hey college can be fun and cool and you can get to talk about things you don't get to talk about in high school but you gotta you know be able to survive you know writing MIA. You gotta know the basics. MIL. What am I trying to say? I don't write MLA any. format. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> None of it matters. <laughs> well, like, I mean, like, I think I think that's what's really important. Uh, like, I mean, sorry you guys, we, we're gonna have to go on a little tangent about college in general. Because one of the things yeah. that I was I was bringing up is right now, college is I don't think, and I have no idea. If you're in college, please let us know and let us know how it's going for you. I'm like, no no individual right now should be paying full price for their college tuition because you're not getting the full college experience. Like if you are in a panorama, online, no yeah. way. Exactly. No. During Pantene Pro V, if you are in college and you are paying full price, 
that just doesn't make sense because you're not getting that in-class experience. You're not getting the campus. You're not getting the fraternity, like all the things that they are talking about right now, or they kind of highlight as, um, you know, signatures of college. It's just the full college experience, like being online all the time. Like I'm in zoom meetings nonstop and I'm going crazy. And I remember just like, there were times in high school, especially where like the only thing that was really getting me to school every day was the social interaction, you know? And now that we're just like in this pap smear, I can't imagine kids feeling like they're having any meaningful connections building in college right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe kids are finding a way through social media, but I would love to get some insight as well from current college students on that because it just doesn't seem worth it. Even, even in general, (laughs) maybe it doesn't seem worth it depending on who you are no like, i agree i agree like this, is, this mm. is my point my whole point is i just wanted to point out that you should not be paying full price if you are please write your dean and be like yo what's up with that but um i think what's interesting about this episode is they do like two things one they do that whole situation to where um college conversation is like written off as like you can say anything in philosophy and like that can be um seen as like intellectual and it's like oh you're challenging <laughs> me here it's like oh uh what happened there's like this one scene where um professor michaels says talk to me about like argue with me about free will and sean goes do i have a choice and he goes oh now i gotta take a moment and, oh. just think about this. <laughs> and it's like okay you know like college can be like that but also i think it's really important to realize uh you're talking about philosophy and philosophy are those arguments is this a table what qualifies as a table what is now what is this moment what are we living for what is purpose like that is all of those things but the majority of college is not a debate you know what i mean it's like no yeah like i have to say i maybe had like one or two dead poet moments in college <laughs> where it was like the discussion really got interesting and i felt like wow this is so cool like i'm i'm like expanding my my mind and my worldview all that stuff the rest of it was like rushing to get papers done by eleven forty nine or 59 like that's what college mostly was for me so i i don't know yeah, and I was in art school and we had to do like, you were supposed to do like, I think for every hour class that you had in art school, you were supposed to do like five hours of studio work. That did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> did not happen, I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, all that is to say that um, I do like, there. there is something about like having more of a debate. Uh, and more of a conversation in your lesson plans. You know, it is, it's more, it's less of like sitting down and having the teacher just dictate to you and more of like, okay, this is the curriculum. What do you guys think about that? How do you interpret it? Like, that's what you are doing more of in college than you are in high school. But also as this episode points out, you don't just get to skip to that. You do have to understand the basics. And that was something that I remember um, you and I, we were in, what was it? I don't even remember what it was called, but we were in like advanced programs and we had college dual enrollment. We had college, a college professor teach our high school class or like a high school professor yeah. also taught college courses. And 
Um, I remember when I went to college, there were like people who I was like, how do you not know how to write a paper? You know, it's like, yeah, you just things and you're like, you don't know the the in the basics, dude. Like I was told that when I got to college, I'm like, have all these papers and all these things are going to be important. And then there were a bunch of freshmen who were like, I don't know how to, how to spell. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what I, I do have to say to that point. Is Sean's issue that he doesn't know the basics or that he doesn't have Grammarly. Guys, I'm here to teach you, <laughs> talk to you about a new exciting program for you guys who like Sean, don't know how to spell or build a sentence. It's called Grammarly.com. They are not sponsors. I would love if they threw some money our way, but that's basically what I'm saying. Like Sean is like that dude who's like, he can get by based on his street smarts, but he just doesn't have tools of the future to help him. So he has to go back and learn the basics from yeah, scratch. Yeah, he pointed out that like one paragraph was an entire sentence. Like, His whole know? essay was one sentence. Yeah, Love yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, and you're right, Grammarly. But as I, I use Grammarly. I'm a huge uh, advocate for it. So again, not sponsors, but if you want to be sponsors, let us know. Um, all, all of that is to say, but you do need those basics. You know, it's like yeah. one thing that you and I have learned is if you don't have like the fundamentals, you automatically get written off as someone who doesn't know anything. Yeah. Um, and, now, and, oh, right. I was just going to say for Sean's case too, I, they kind of generally say like, oh, he doesn't know the basics. And I'm assuming it's probably a lot more than just punctuation and spelling. I'm sure it's like his thoughts aren't written out cohesively. Like there's other problems with it that probably wouldn't be able to get fixed with just a, a spell check. Yeah, he most likely just writes in train of thought. Like I, yeah. I, as someone who has to deal with people at work who write in train of thought, you're like, did you go back and like answer your own question in sentence one? You know, like, like you can edit. That's, that's completely a possibility. But anyway, all that is to say that I feel that it is important that this episode highlighted um, there are kids who are naturally gifted. You know, there are those kids who like show up to class and they've never attended a single uh, lecture, but then come in on the test and just ace it. Um, and then there's also kids who like, um, I was one of these kids who they excel by going to the lectures. Like most of my grades are not because of how I performed on tests, but because I was an active student in class. I knew yeah. who to speak to. I knew how to uh, speak up. I knew how to ask questions and how to relate to the professor and let it know, let them know that I was engaged with the material. So whenever I took a test and it wasn't the greatest, they were like, you spoke about this in class. So I know that you get the overall idea but, you know, this is where I feel you need to improve. One of the things, and they do that with Sean in a really great way in this episode. And I love that, you know, his uh, professor, who is not Tony Todd, and Feeney both are like, hey, like, there's some good stuff in here. There is encouragement. They're not just beating him down. They're just like, hey, you just need to work on this, this, and that. But overall, they're very supportive of the fact that, you know, he especially Feeney is like recognizing that Sean found something he's enjoying to learn. And I think that's kind of like the big shift that Sean takes in this episode is like, it's his first time finding a subject that's fun for him to learn and learning became fun for him in a way. Um, so much so that it like opened him up to go into college in a way that he never really strongly considered before. So uh, that was really interesting to me. I, and just to say too, that it just feels like Sean would find philosophy interesting yeah, based well, on his life i i uh you brought up two things that i thought was funny one was the idea that uh sean doesn't expect to go to college even though he's living 
in a college like, yeah. <laughs> like dorm yeah. or town or whatever. I thought that was really funny. Um, and then also the idea that um, I think that this episode highlights that different people learn different ways. Yeah. And traditional, like this is something we always talk about with college, but also like the different, I know my sister's a teacher and she talks about this um, and the different ways that we approach uh, teaching different students and not everyone learns the exact same way like Sean like going to class the traditional um, outdated way that we've been doing things where it's like you go the teacher gives you an assignment you have textbooks you have homework all this other stuff that doesn't engage Sean college yeah. is engaging for Sean college is something that he feels like he because it's more of a discussion it is more of a hey this is how I'm interpreting what I'm hearing um and relaying it back and and having those things happen whereas I feel very often students who feel like they're not smart or feel like they're not doing well in school are just like that format doesn't work for them and they need something different. They need a different way. They need to either be hands-on or they need to be it to be visual. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So given all of that, do you feel like Feeney, like his approach was what Sean needed? Absolutely. I have a note here that says Feeney was done giving passes. And I think it's because <laughs> instead of coming to Feeney and being like, hey, I've been in college courses. I'm relating to it more this way. Like, like instead of like having a conversation with Feeney, who has shown himself to be open, especially when it comes to Sean, Sean was just like, I'm above this. I don't got to do any of this. And Feeney was like, oh, that's how it's going to be after I put in time? Nah, son, suspend it. <laughs> Sean, when he was talking to Feeney, when Sean Hunter was talking to the principal of his school without a single fuck, I was just like, this is just a different kind of relationship because I didn't have that kind of relationship where I could just tell the principal of my school, yeah, I'm not going to go to class, buddy. I'm busy doing my own thing. That just wouldn't even occur to me to throw out. So it just showed maybe a little bit of, what, what do we call it? White boy logic? Oh, 100% white boy <laughs> logic. Because that, so uh, this is what I was talking about. Hey, remember, Feeney came out of class and said, hey, what, like he didn't have to do that. Feeney was like, hey, are you coming to class? Like, this is a scheduled time. By the way, I'm still your principal. So like, let's just talk about like the amount of disrespect that you're showing right now in this moment. And Sean was like, and what? What you going to do about it? And Feeney was like, oh, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to tell you what I'm about to do. <laughs> you suspend it. And, and, and again, it was really funny that Corey was like, you're like, but it's Sean. You know Sean. He's like, no, I'm constantly giving this dude passes. I'm constantly being understanding. If anyone knows, it's the person who has been riding with you since you were in fifth grade. So for you to treat me this way means that you don't respect me enough. And why should I give anyone an extension who doesn't give me the bare minimum? So I was like, also, yo, Feeney's like, he's right. He's right, 100%. And he's also showing Corey that he cannot be an enabler to Sean. Why is Corey still parenting Sean? Like this, he, he was caught by Topanga and Feeney trying to write a, uh, a letter on behalf of Sean's parents. This is the kind of shit, this kid is way too involved in a way that's destructive. And I'm so glad that Feeney just like spotted it and shut that shit down. Well, also like 
another thing, and this this is really relevant right now, is the whole idea that freedom of choice does not mean freedom from consequences. Yes. Like Feeney was like, yo, you're right. You have freedom to say what you want to say and debate how you want to debate. But that does not exist in a vacuum. That exists in the real world. And in the real world, you come up to somebody with authority and say, this is how I feel about yours. There will be a reaction. And that reaction is not always positive. Um, and I think that what we're dealing with now as a society is a bunch of white guys learning, hey, wait a minute, I have freedom of speech. It's like, you do, but not freedom from consequences. Consequences, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could say whatever, what, what's the, is it Chris Rock who has a joke? I don't know who has a joke who is like, you know, they had to give you the freedom of speech, but the reason why the Second Amendment is the free, what's it, the Second Amendment is the freedom to the carry right to arms, yeah. the right to bear arms, is so I can kick your ass for whatever you say. Like that's, <laughs> I don't no, know who I, says the joke, but it's what I think of every time. No, honestly, I just think that that's something that I feel when we, whenever we talk about freedom of speech, or whenever any white guy, because that's another thing that I find really funny is that, of course, Sean, a white dude, loves college where he gets to debate with the teacher and constantly like, oh, what do you think about this? And like, have you, like, you know, like it's, it was like, of course, this is a moment where he feels empowered. And it's a, we've all had that white boy in class who's like, how about like challenging the teacher with their own sets of rules and like being like, oh, I'm, I'm going to show you that I can think critically. And everyone's like, yo, that's not even the point of this right now. Just turn yeah. in your term paper. You know, <laughs> like, like, why does this have to be a debate or discussion? But I am, um, um, I I, well, to that same idea of just like this, I, I wanted to mention Corey and Topanga's role in like getting the whole class in trouble because of their same attitude towards Feeney. Like it, I like the fact that they kind of like owned up for it and was like, Hey guys, you know what? We're sorry. We'll go ahead and buy you lunch. Like we understand that we're the reason that you guys have to do this. And we apologize. Sean, obviously not taking kind of any role in anything else, but I, I did like that Corey and Topanga felt accountable. Well, what do you think about that? Like the idea of like shared responsibility and the fact that like, because Corey and Topanga kept talking actually. So it was like, because of Sean's actions, Corey and Topanga kept talking and therefore the entire class got an assignment. And I like, in some way I'm like, yo, that's fucked up on everyone else's behalf because it, he is punishing the rest of the class for Corey, Sean and Topanga's behavior. But also um, it's a life lesson that in reality, I mean, again, it, what better example than you know, I think the panacotta to be like, yo, <laughs> if one person's fucking it up, we all have to pay the consequences. A hundred percent. And I think that Feeney especially is trying to be a little bit tougher. I think we're going to see that going forward. That Feeney is trying to be a little bit tougher on the kids their senior year of high school. He's like, I want to keep these kids on track. It's so easy for them to divert away from their track at the last minute. You know, there's so many, I think he even says to Corey, like there's so many students I've seen who had all this potential that just never reached it. And, uh, you know, there's a genuine worry that he has 
about these three kids in particular. It's almost as if he's like, I'm not going to be able to protect you after this year. So he's like, like overcompensating maybe, but he is being like, he's just trying to teach these kids a lesson. And like, if it means giving everybody homework, then everybody's going to get homework. If it means that, you know, I know you guys are going to reach your potential. So it's Feeney laying down the law, but in ways I can respect. Yeah. I I just feel like there is, there is some points to be made, especially again, there's just, there becomes this moment um, where I think any student feels like, oh, I know enough. And like, as a teacher, it is your responsibility to be like, you don't know anything. And you want to know how you don't know anything because I am a professor who's been doing this for years. I don't know everything. So, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And you know what? That's such a great point because at the, towards the end of the episode, Feeney talking to Sean is like, Hey, you know, you have to learn the basics and, you know, every now and then I'll throw in some Schopenhauer for you. And Sean's like, what do you know about Schopenhauer? And Feeney says to him, you know, not as much as you do, but I'm still willing to learn. And like this willing smile, it's a Michael Jacobs moment. It melted my heart. And it was such a great, beautiful Feeney moment because in that line, he's telling Sean, like, not only will I incorporate your interest into my lesson plans, but I want to show you that learning will continue to be fun if you allow it to, just like it's continued to be fun for me. And so I just thought that was a really beautiful uh, Feeney ABC family moment. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. One more thing I have for the Sean um, segment is there was a debate on how to properly spell Sean, which A, I thought was really funny, just as the idea that Corey would be his best friend. It was like, we're phone people. We don't really like yeah. <laughs> There's that whole thing. I know, I know that everyone has like this moment with your friend. We're like, what's their last name? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> do I know how to spell this? Like, this is real. I, like, I'm embarrassed to ask, but um, I, I honestly don't know. And then, uh, I also, it felt like a little bit meta to me of like, I don't know whether it was like TV guide or like a bunch of fan blogs, but it felt very like a meta moment that had something to do with the outside world where they were like, is it S-H-A-W-N or S-E-A-N? So anyway, it's S-H-A-W-N. Yes, it is spelled with a W, which is good to know for us. Yeah. And do you know who Um, knew that? Feeny. Feeny. What I love was just that in general, I just found Corey to be really funny this episode. He was kind of a comic relief of the episode in a lot of ways. Um, I also want to point out that Ben seemed surprisingly tall in this episode. Did you get that? Did you I notice think, his I think, height? I just think that he's starting to like tower over uh, Ryder Strong. And I think yeah. that that's like, that's just one of the things. It's like they went from like Corey being shorter to like the being on equal length and now they're like a little bit like like it's clear that uh ben savage will be taller than Ryder strong so yeah i just thought ben was uh really hilarious this episode so absolutely uh, we so talk, talk about, about the fraternity yeah. stuff <laughs> let's talk about it okay so my main frustration with this storyline is that it could have been a very dope storyline right like Mm -hmm. i love this idea of like an alternative frat like hey traditional frats put you through a ton of humiliation and you know obviously we're going to talk about the dress incident but we'll we'll come back to that um but you know i don't want to go through the hazing i want to set up an alternative frat that's a great idea we've seen it done in a few films or whatever perfect for this show right yeah my question is 
one well they don't ever do anything serious with the frat the whole thing was to have a party with girls which by the way that party had problems i i want to talk about that in a bit <laughs> um why does eric have any interest in a fraternity this dude specifically turned down a party school because he wanted to push himself to his full potential why does he give a shit about joining a frat especially girls. starting one like and that's girls. the thing like he could have gone somewhere and got girls easy i didn't think he was his interest in it. the whole last season built up to him coming to that revelation well, as we all know, uh, as a, a teenage boy or as any individual, it takes you a while to break your patterns. You know, like we all go back to the same mistakes, um, just thinking it'll be different and we learn a little bit uh, more. Um, but also, I think this is one of those segments to where the writers didn't think about Eric's story arc long-term, they were just like, hey, this will be like a fun one-off thing to do. And it and it read as such. It read, it felt very um, hijinks of the week. Do you think that they had the Love Boat cameo before the storyline or that they get the Love Boat cameo because of the storyline? Hmm. I... <laughs> Okay, I have my answer. <laughs> I'm going to go with the fact that they did have the Magnum PI joke. They had the fact that it was in Hawaii. And then someone was like, who could we get from Hawaii? Or like, what, what kind of, um, yeah, TV characters could we bring back for this particular moment that would be relevant? Like, I feel like that's how it went. They they definitely worked backwards and they were like, who could we have that would be like significant of Hawaii, but also like be impressive for someone the Dean's age? If, to me, it felt like they really wanted to get a Magnum PI uh, cameo, but couldn't get it. And they were like, well, what's the closest thing? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what, what else is filmed in Hawaii? Like, that's how we don't have like Hawaii 5 0. They're, they're out. Okay, we'll do Love Boat. They've been to Hawaii, right? Like, that's what, what the vibe and is again, like. Who's that joke for? That joke's not for anyone our age. Thank you. That's the first thing I wrote down was who is this joke for? Because even the studio audience doesn't seem to have an understanding of who these characters are or their relationship with each other like they're trying to banter back and forth and as the, as a kid i'm watching this like i don't know who these assholes are and the audience is like we kind of know who these assholes are so i i just was felt very confused by the whole cameo i didn't feel as genuine and as uh, seamless as the monkeys cameo from season three i'm also gonna say and this is like i i could be completely wrong but i feel like uh, with white shows, when they do like a TV cameo, it's always like some older television show. And they're like, oh, hey, we got the cast of Bewitch or um, the cast from MASH up in here. But when black shows do it, it's always like, yo, this is like the artist of the time. Like if this was like uh, a black. Are you talking show, about Tupac being on the different world? I'm just saying like if this was Mo uh, <laughs> Moesha, you know, like Usher would have showed up or like. Um, Biggie on Martin. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's just so many times to where it's like, yo, we got someone fresh, someone that the the kids would actually relate to. And so, like, I don't know who this would have been even at the time. I'm like thinking of like, what is this like '97? So I can't even think of like what. Brand. I don't feel like they ever get like a cool young guest celeb. I don't think that ever happens on the show. So I'm gonna. I, I looked ahead and I don't know for sure, but I do believe next episode we get Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So like, I mean, like that's like 
TGIF crossover, but still. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think Candace Cameron makes a appearance this season yeah. as well. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's hip and young, but I mean, it feels like ABC just shuffling through their properties. They're like, yeah. we, we own Love Boat. We own Sabrina. Yeah, sure. Throw them in there. It all feels like marketing and crossover. Yeah, that's it all feels it like is. crossover and, and less of like the, oh, hey, we did this for that like shock and that just paused moment of everyone being like, oh my God. But also we've seen this before. Like there are moments when they make the adult jokes in, um, boy meets world where it's like this is not for our generation this is like yeah. the generation above like why are we referencing greece right now you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and again like this just felt like a show that had nothing to do with the storyline like uh, i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe uh, the love boat surprisingly has some you know something to do with it but as far as i know this show ended in 1986 yeah so this is 10 years later yeah maybe maybe yeah. some parents would get this i don't know yeah. yeah exactly this is what i'm saying um so we do have to call out the whole gay panic moment uh there there are two moments that i was like there, there are two moments that are like my bra moments one is of course like the whole um there's like this gay panic moment where eric is in jack a dress says, well jack says that he's waiting for girls or he's like trying to like meet girls in the hallway eric comes in a dress but well, i will say eric's like yo i feel good in this dress like you know like he's, there's like there's not it. like a sense of shame and yeah that one he's like yo you look good girl she's like you do too he's like yo thank you like it's it's like an ownership so it's not really gay panic there but like with the dean there's also this moment where jack's in a dress and the dean keeps referring to some girl who he thinks jack looks like and like there's this whole moment where it's like the moment you started speaking i knew you weren't her and i'm like what are we trying to say here are we trying to say that she looks like a man are we trying to say that there is this like a coded trans joke i don't know it it felt weird it felt like uneasy and i was like i don't know why we're doing this at all you know um for any listeners who are joining us uh, for the first time or just start listening to us, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to our Chick Like Me episode that we did um, from season four. We had a great guest, Sav, um, who was talking to us about the history of just trans and media and just, you know, what's it mean when someone wears a dress for comedy and all that stuff. I would just really encourage re-listening to that podcast and then like thinking about this episode because I think you know, I, it's hard for me to see this, you know, man wearing a dress as a joke thing um, in a way that isn't with open eyes since talking to him. So, I, I, I yeah, I just I, I guess that's my overall perspective of it is that go listen to someone talk about it who's way more intelligent than <laughs> I am on the subject um, to, to just kind of know what was going through my head as I was as I was watching it. Because, yeah, it did seem like especially with Jack. Um, you know, there was there was some attitudes about it that could be problematic. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I will say, like, I will give the episode credit that it unlike Chick Like Me or like an later episode to where they're dressing up as women as like a some like it hot reference. This yeah. was like directly stated as we are being hazed. This is, you know, this is like part of that, but also. I, for me, we all know that hazing comes in different stages and hazes come, comes in different forms. And the fact that it's like consistently the dress thing is both supposed to be played for a cheap laugh. And like, I think like, 
I know we're going to get a lot of people who like feel bad, like who are messaging us about this. I'm just saying that in terms of comedy, aim higher, you know, like aim higher. Yeah. Like we, you could be hazed in several different ways and to take a cheap shot at like men in women's clothing just feels like you're saying there's something wrong with being feminine. And, And I don't even attack boy meets world for it. It just seems like a product of the time. But I will say that, you know, from 2021 and even recently, I was I was reading in the news about a kid who got alcohol poisoning from uh, college hazing. Like there's so many interesting things you could have dove into with hazing that would have been um, more of a, a, a fulfilling storyline for Eric and Jack, like them actually having a somewhat dramatic moment of their own, perhaps of them kind of like overcoming something. I know. Uh, uh, Fresh Prince did a fantastic job ta- tackling college hazing with uh, Carlton and Will joining a black fraternity that didn't feel like Carlton was black enough. Great episode. Um, this just could have done more because I don't feel like this storyline added anything to either the overall episode or their individual storylines. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and something else I just want to bring up right before we kind of wrap this up is that um, the guy who plays the Dean, who is Paul Gleason, um, yeah. you know, he's, he's that traditional authority figure. Um, he was the, what was he, the principal or like the Dean in um, Breakfast Club? Yeah, he was the vice principal? Yeah, so, something like that. Anyway, authority yeah. figure. Um, they also kind of like we're still reacting, I'll say, um, to the 80s in the sense that he is like there, you get this animal house, like broy, like, hey, you and those girls wrap it up by the end of the night. You know what I mean? It's not not, yeah. not like, hey, get rid of the girls, or like this is against it's just kind of like, I'm gonna let you keep doing this till the end of the day, but you better wrap it up. You know what I mean? Like I I, I really uh do not like his character. I, <laughs> I, I decided this episode that they were trying to build this relationship between Eric and his Dean, but all it does is just show the need for Feeny. Like that, yeah. that's all I'm seeing. There's no chemistry. And unfortunately this actor is great. Like I love him in his films and he's done some great work, but I just don't see him having chemistry with, with Wilfred L or Matthew Lawrence. And um, yeah, I just, I kind of, I'm, no, I, I want Feeney and Eric to get like Eric and Feeney had such great chemistry that this just feels like, ugh. well, I think it's because it always feels it, it feels animal housey. It feels like he's always like it's just a hijinks. You know he's what I mean? He's a thin character. He's he's not he, he has no levels to him. There's nothing. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe in this episode we was talking about his mom or, you know, seeing the stars of Love yeah. Boat. That was a little humor. But I don't know. Overall, I'm kind of bored with this character. Also, really, really quickly, um, Paul Gleason did star on an episode of Magnum P.I. I don't know if that's why, why they chose it or anything, oh. <laughs> but it is funny that he was on an episode of Magnum P.I. Wow. And that's, that's what they chose. So. Yo, I really love the epilogue. I know we rarely talk about him, but this one actually made me laugh because, you know, you have the guys from uh, Love Boat and they're with the Matthews and they're just like, okay, you know, one more story, just one more. And you think they're going to tell the story about the show or celebrity. And it's just the Matthews telling family stories to these celebrities. I thought it was a cute little joke. It made me chuckle. And I, I loved actually seeing the family together. I was like, we've been getting all this college stuff and it's good. Like we never see Amy and Alan. And it was just kind of nice to see the family together. It's an element that I feel like 
we've been swinging back and forth in the pendulum of like having the parents, not having the parents. And I think we're on the side where I'm like, oh, I think we need a little bit more Amy and Alan. Yeah, I will also say it felt a little like this is uh, clearly came after it, but it felt a little modern family, like a modern family, like yes. epilogue, you know what I mean? Where it was yeah, just like, absolutely. They turned it on its head where it's like, oh, it's <laughs> the family who's telling the stories and the guests yeah. are like, we have got to go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, anything else? Anything you want to say? No, 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 that's it. Okay, um, what is your Feeny taught me? I think the Feeny taught me of this episode is in order to go to the next level, you have to know the basics. Mm. Is that a, is that a good summary for it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, like that's yours. I mean, we, we don't have to have the same one. I was going to go, I mean, I like yours. I was going to go with freedom of choice does not mean freedom from consequences. Like, I feel like that's like, all of these things is like, yeah, you can do what you want in college, but there will be repercussions, you know, like there, this isn't high school anymore, so to say. Um, So there's that. Um, Okay. And then how about so your bra moment was Jack's dress reaction, the whole gay panic, not just the gay panic. I told you mine was more so like the Dean being like, yo, you look like this one girl. And just like, again, I, I couldn't read this, situation it felt very weird just what he was saying about the girl that he kept mistaking jack for yeah yeah i don't Did really know that i had a bra moment but um i i do agree that the dress thing made me uh th- you know kind of think about representation of of men in dresses in media exactly uh do you have uh what grade are you giving this episode i'm gonna give this episode a c I feel like C is accurate. I feel like C is dead on. Like you have a lot of good potential, but you don't really bring it out of the park. You don't even do anything to really drive home. Like, I feel like we either needed more Sean or we needed the the fraternity stuff to have like a different lesson. You know what I mean? I think if in retrospect, after finishing the season, there seems to be a growing arc of Sean. Will he go to college? Will he not go to college back and forth? If that proves to be the case, uh, just because I haven't seen the season in a while, um, then maybe this episode has more significance than I than I think now. But as of right now, eh, I can do without it. Also, I think, like you said earlier, if like from what I'm gathering, the um, what's his name? Julius Carey, who plays the Professor Michaels, the fact that he doesn't come back and end up, you know, like, I thought that maybe he was the precursor to being Angela's dad and, like, they were going to connect it somehow, but the fact that he's not also kind of takes it away, because it's not like you're building a story. You literally just had a guest spot, and you were like, yo, this dude did it, so. The continuality errors. It's what Boy Meets World is known for. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so uh, homework. What do you got? All right, so my homework, I hate to sound corporate, bruh, but I'm going to throw it out there for Paramount Plus simply because I got the one-month free trial, and Paramount Plus has MTV's Diary, like seven episodes of it, and it's fantastic. They have all these old MTV shows, like Next and Beavis and Butthead and like all these old stuff, but... They have Diary and they have like two or three episodes of Behind the Music right now. But I hear that they're going to be 
adding brand new episodes of Behind the Music. They need to be doing like, yo, we all oh love my that show. God. Like, what more could like I like for me when I found out they weren't, I was like, yo, yes. you. Yes. There's no better time than right now to be doing behind the music. That's all we care about. <laughs> That's all we want is more behind the music. And I have to say, I was I was immediately very pissed off to find out they only had like two episodes on there. But when I learned that they, they were going to be adding brand new episodes, that completely changed it for me. Also, I think they're bringing back Rugrats as well. Like there's they just are. a lot. They are. That this, so that it's worth diving into, at least for the free trial. I'll say I will that. say, I refuse to give... I, I just refuse to give Paramount or, or CBS the satisfaction. Like I that know. was me. I was like, I, I know, bro. The satisfaction. Uh, but also I had already done like the little trial to see the, um, what was it called? Uh, Twilight Zone. Like I had done like their yeah. week trial. So I don't qualify for their months, but I'm going to get your login. If you'll yeah. <laughs> hand it to me and then watch it. Uh, but yeah, no. So I, I watched, I, I will just say that I watched, um, nirvana's unplugged episode yesterday and alanis morissette's um storytellers episode like there's like wow. from uh uh 90s especially 90s uh mtv era vintage videos there's a ton of memories to unlock so that's that's why i'm throwing that out that's good also you know what i'm not gonna lie like for me in my opinion um what is it called like behind the music was like it was spoofed. It was parodied in so many things. That was like a cultural moment. It was, so like it was like, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there's that. And then uh, my homework is um, we have had, I believe we've had this guest on the pod before, but if we haven't, uh, my friend Peter Murphy has a new podcast called Florida Versus, where he talks to different uh, um, creatives who like either used to live in Florida or like from Florida and just kind of like talk about, you know, Florida versus the rest of the world and just how unique of a place Florida is. And Bruh. the more like it is. <laughs> how do we get on this podcast? Because well, I got stories about Florida to the show. <laughs> well, Jesus. I was on this podcast. So what? okay, okay. Out, um, if you check out this past week's episode, which would be, um, I believe it's like March 3rd or March 2nd, um, you have me, I, I promoted our show, I, I'm promoting his show, we talked about a bunch of stuff about like going to college and like the unique college experience that is uh, Florida, and yeah. then also, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a fun time, fun conversations, and uh, we had this conversation, you'll love this TC, two things really quickly, one is that Florida is like, America is a very unique place in the entire world florida is the america of like all of america yeah. like, it's just like it's, it's even more unique in its its space and then also we were talking about like the racism in florida and i was like the racism in florida is like the humidity in florida when you grow up in it you don't really recognize it but when Until you leave, you leave. Come back and you're like yo this is what people were what? talking about <laughs> perfect analogy <laughs> <laughs> i thought you would love that so, uh, oh my gosh yeah, florida racism okay. oh man been a minute called florida versus and it is on apple pod uh spotify all the places um so wrapping us up thank you guys for listening to broad meets world um again reach out to us on the platforms we're at broad meets world you can find me on twitter at at um i am not your oreo uh tc 
You can find me. I, honestly, I just want you guys to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That's actually uh, where we've been getting a lot of interaction with fans on TikTok. There's been a lot of great discussions in the comments. Um, it's just been a lot of fun to interact with y'all. So yeah, follow us on TikTok. All right. So uh, you guys remember to dream. Why? And do good. We really need y'all to start doing good. some good. Later, y'all. Later, bros. When the spawn meets world.